continuing. Um, that's hashtag Crash the DNC. If you want to find out more information on the social media. So that is going to be, this campaign is going to be going on through the end of the election, at least. And we did a show last week on Talk Theory about this, introducing what's up with this campaign, why we're doing it. And um, just a recap for some people or for anyone who might have missed, um, Crash the DNC is a collective of leftists uh, across the United States who are who are acting against the Democratic National Committee and the Biden campaign um, for rigging the election, corruption, and everything else that's really stolen democracy away from us. What little, um, you know, facade of democracy we've had. And we're highlighting that and making it clear that we don't have valid elections at this point. And a good part of it is from the Democratic Party who has twice in a row stolen the election from Bernie Sanders. Um, Bernie kind of let it happen, which is frustrating. Um, but, you know, all of this is just, it delegitimizes this whole system and the, uh, the stranglehold that the Democratic Party has on the liberals and the really fledgling, struggling left that does slightly exists in this country needs to get itself together and say, you know, we're not going to be bullied into um, every single election, every four years um, being pulled back into this kind of centrist right Democratic Party. Um, you know, the, the arguments to bully leftists into putting up with this behavior from whether it's Clinton or um, now Biden, who's even less popular, even worse, is that, um, you know, it's lesser of two evils or it's, um, you know, any anyone but Trump, which allows a terrible candidate to get excused, of course. Um, and, you know, we're not fighting. We, now is the right time to apply pressure for us to um, crash the DNC, essentially. They are the roadblock for leftist building revolution and building a new party. And we're tired of the excuses. So in the middle of an election like this, this is what we need to, um, we need to fight back stop being defensive and go on the offensive now to um, build the power outside of the Democratic Party that we need. So. Go on the offensive, build the power outside the Democratic Party that we need. Phoenix Kaleeder is entering. Bottle of wine in tow. Yes. On is, brand, as it were. It is the wine cellar, sir. <laughs> and toaster strudels. I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, and I'm also like, fuck this Biden shit. But then also, just just for extra fun, over in the comments section from uh, John Jones, uh, John Jones comment, y'all got white people on here. And John, I started the program in 2012. The first person I had in the soundboard was my coworker, Frickface. We didn't have video then. Frickface is a predominantly German descent. And yeah, class comrades are class comrades. And also, like what Springler just said, um, we're going to go on the offensive. You need more people. I mean, even though for the most part you only see two niggas, they still call themselves Mob Deep because they <laughs> understand that you want to be deep. 
have you ever listened to a gangster rap record and they say, yeah, we coming in with only three motherfuckers? No, they'd be like, yo, we got 50 niggas. Like, we want more people. And if we split up, and let's say we go only black people, and that's it, we're only black and no one else can help us or be involved at all. We are 13% of the population, give or take. Yeah. And a great many of that is in what some call greater confinement, incarceration, and then many others are malnourished out of food deserts, right? And then you got the amount that's going to be elderly, and then children and infants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like more people, John Jones, <laughs> all right? So as it has been since 2012, the wine cellar has always been class comrades so come much. forward and flex up. There is Eric. I always almost uh, say your name wrong. Eric Hudson. I catch myself every time. You call me Zachariah. Whoa, one more time. You call me Zachariah. Zachariah? All right. Zachariah. Is that, yep. that, that's your rap name. Well, that, yeah, that's going to be my rap name. And that's going to, when I move to New Orleans, that's what I'm going to call my. I never liked Eric Hudson. You know, I just, I mean, I like the river in New York, but I, I just think I'm more of, I think I was meant to be Zachariah or Zachariah. My rap name would be Zach Raya. Zach Raya. Zach Raya. Uh, ver versus William J. Jackson attempting to battle. <laughs> you can, see, I'm kind of afraid of you now, but give me a couple of months because I'm, I'm working on some things. You could be my first victim slaying cats. Oh, Sir. shit. There Sir. we go. I will serve you so nice that you'll have to leave Bald Head Club and just grow out whatever's receding under there. I know that's why many of us joined the club. Did that even rhyme? I'm not even talking about just the time you spent on it, but did that rhyme though? My oh, good man. Oh man, oh no, here we go. We're about to derail this motherfucker immediately. What are we, 14 minutes in? All right, I don't have my mic. See, I don't have a mic yet. My mic is. I'm looking forward to it, though. All right, and decibels are coming through, looking good. All right, Eric Hudson in the joint. Um, You also, you seem to be interested in crashing this DNC along with uh, Dr. Sprinkler here. But then, um, like, is there anything else going on? I noticed you posted something about... um about a uh, vandal uh, d damage done where uh where folks that are houseless as it were unhomed homeless uh choose your language that works best for you whatever words you say doesn't give them a home and um right, right. fire was set to these homeless encampments did you read any more yeah. on this yeah yeah and i stopped you know what i mean people would be like well they we're calling them unhoused but you know what i'm like so done with like all of that language because it's just a way to set up an elite club without dealing with the issue so you know i say it's homeless folks um but yeah you know and these these are these are biden supporters by the way i mean the thing the reality is is that logan square has gotten a lot of gentrifiers in and you know they're very they're resistors you can walk it down the street on armitage or and see all these signs like saying you know, um, hate has no place here, you know, but it's for like, you know, and you're welcome, all immigrants are welcome here, but it's immigrants who can afford a $25 t-shirt. Right. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got, we've had some camps of folks who've been homeless here, you know, in the land of opportunity and plenty for a while. And the, the gentrifiers are burning, are, are setting fires to them. You know, they're using this chaos to, uh, you know, to come creep up and set fires and stuff. Wait, you said, Fiend Studio, you said, right. What, what was that? You heard some information. What, the gentrification or the afford a $25 t-shirt? Oh, the afford a $25 t-shirt. Because that's the thing about the commodification of um, activism and of social justice. Right. Um, language of social justice activism right because everybody says all the right things but it is really just about turning it into consumer culture ultimately that's what it becomes right right? so like if you look at you know like i guess some more famous examples would be um you know these fucking like pepsi ads and like these coca-cola ads but it's like are they still exploiting their workers (laughs) like you know what i mean but it's like but we're gonna put up this like big ad and make this big thing about how this is so important or, you know, every fucking four years, right? When it's time to appeal to black voters, all of a sudden Democrats know where the fuck to find us, but let it be two right. years into somebody's administration. And they're like, let's pass, uh, you know, a budget that gives police and federal law enforcement more authority to fuck up these Negroes. Like, you know. Right. But that's the thing is it's always about um, offering up the language that's helpful but never promoting with action. I think uh, probably the biggest example is everyone who first started um, – supporting black lives matter and was saying like all the pro pride shit because pride is like corporate as hell now but where are these oh, yeah. fucking like netflix is giving us um like a menu of like uh like movies starring black people or like movies by black directors where the fuck is netflix with actually promoting like bringing up new black direct why aren't they doing that if they're so concerned about black lives matter right or fucking, um, yeah. you know, Amazon was saying some, like, happy pride shit. Okay, well, then let's talk about the way you treat right. your gay workers. Like, you know what I mean? It's this fucking, like, saying the right thing, but it's always uh, tied to some sort of consumerism. And then, like, on an individual level outside of corporate, it is about, you know, buying T-shirts or, I'm um, you know, I support Black Lives Matter. That's why I bought a pair of earrings from a black-owned business. And it's like, that's great, but yeah. buying one pair of earrings from a black-owned business is not going to keep that person in business. They need more than that. Like, what are you doing about, um, like, banking reforms that keep black business owners unable to get loans, right? Like, you care about black culture. What are you doing about gentrification that's pushing black people uh, out of their homes they've had for decades and then tearing shit down to put a fucking target on top of it? Like, what are you actually doing besides buying fucking T-shirts and bumper stickers and shit? Um, That's the chronic thing about the uh, the gentrification here of where... Um, in the northwest side of Chicago, for those who are um, around the world listening. Um, right around where the homeless encampment was burned down, this whole area, all these new stores that are five years old, not, you know, mm-hmm. at the most that have been gentrified out, they all have their windows boarded up with virus, and they've like self tagged self graffiti, Black Lives Matter, and all of these other statements. And Oh, this isn't you. You literally came in and displaced everyone, and you treat <coughs> your workers terribly. It's notorious, but because it's so little of them, and the semantics around this are just so easily to grab without, <coughs> they can just put that on there, and they make it look cool like it's great. And it's like you just had your employee, and you didn't pay them probably to so buy and write that on your cardboard that is disposable. And the same, the same problem is going to continue. And the whole people were, were had this stuff for down right down. So, you know, um, it's just, it's all, it's all the language is all theory for them. It's like the unhoused thing. You know, I'm not against calling people unhoused, but they 
they will use liberals will use politeness in in uh, lieu of any kind of substance. They think being more polite about an issue while they don't have to change anything makes things okay. And and what's and and then the thing is they'll correct you on it, and then it's like so what is calling what's called instead of calling them unhoused which was actually deeply enough a, a word that tony morrison used in in beloved it was like the most terrifying thing it was different from being homeless and unhoused um but um the thing is what is that going to do i mean the reality is if we want to end homelessness we gotta we gotta go after the bankers and I mean, we got to go after them hard. We have enough housing in America, whole communities, you know, where in, in Arizona that are just, we have whole parts of housing that are not being used, land not being used. We should take it back now, you know. But these people, well, we don't really want to do that because that's how they have that voice like that. They don't really want to do that. But they will have a conversation about, you know, making sure we police your language. But when it comes down to revolution, they ain't ready for it, you know. That reminds me of uh, the like the billionaire, I think it was in San Francisco, who like donated like $300 million to um, a study just, to uh, end homelessness as opposed to just fucking paying people's rent so they could Word. be housed. Like, Word. okay, sure, that's great. Thank you. It's very helpful. Let's have a study about why people are homeless instead of just fucking putting people in houses. Seems logical. The best response I saw to that was um, Twitter on it. They said uh, that a mirror costs $10 in response to that study. So that's, I mean, just put a mirror in front of that billionaire's face. There you go. There's, there's your cause of homelessness. So, um, and is this, I'm sorry. Yep. Don't go. Um, I mean, I was going to shift gears a little bit, but, you know, on, on the topic of... Okay, can I just address the study? That's a fuck... Excuse me. That is part of the nonprofit industrial complex. Notice every year, Urban League, they do a study on how bad black America is. Now, you know, Urban League had um, all sorts of, like, neocons working for them, um, black neocons working for them. And every year there's this huge study that comes out to fanfare of like, and it's like that study goes on a desk and nothing happens out of it. It's just what it does is it makes work for University of Chicago. Their graduates get paid to make these studies. No, 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 I'm not dissing uh, Chelsea, Dr. Springler. I know she's not gonna be involved in that stuff. But they, this is an industry for graduate students to do these studies. They do these studies and nothing ever comes out of them um, the money is in the study itself. I'm sorry. I'm just, so yeah. it's all bullshit. Yeah, there you and go. You know, yeah, say curse yeah. words, Eric. It's okay. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of, so this week, um, Angela Davis was uh, interviewed about bringing this back to Crash of DNC. Uh, Mr. Angela Davis was interviewed about the election and um, came out saying that she supports Biden in light of, you know, Donald Trump and all of that. And, you know, last election she came out and said, I'm, you know, trying to quote as close as I can, most accurately, that she is not narcissistic enough to think that, what was it? She's not so narcissistic uh, to think she's going to vote for Hillary Clinton, implying that those who don't vote for Hillary Clinton are being narcissistic. You know, so this is a Black Panther revolutionary 
um, in between elections, but her as right. now says that <laughs> a new party said years ago or something. She was quoting everyone's like, yeah, we need a new party, Angela Davis. Exactly, two so years ago. About it. And then, but then election season comes, things get hot, you know, people's feet are put to the fire about doing something and making change happen. And she comes out again and says, okay, well, we have to vote for Biden. It's like, you can't have it both ways. And that's what Crash's DNC is saying. It's like, they're not going to put up with this anymore. You can't just deep dog us and hook us back into the Democratic Party with all these false, um, you know, false narratives about, you know, oh, well, it's just four more years of Trump if you vote for that. It's like, no, it's four more years of Trump because the left can't get itself together. So that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me ask you a question, Chelsea. Devil's advocate. I hate devil's advocate. But do you think maybe, maybe Angela, because she charges like seventy-five k a speech. So you think maybe it's like some, some, some. Uh, what you call it? Some, ba- some cake. Because everybody's watching these, these, uh, these comic books. These comic heroes come back to life as real people. Do you think maybe she's actually funding some sort of revolutionary movement, like revolutionaries being trained in Cuba? to actually destroy the America, I mean, to destroy the American system. So on one hand, she's pretending like she's some liberal, you know, like sort of kente cloth wearing form of radical Black Panther that's like totally spit on the movement um, because they were about crashing the whole system, about exposing America as the evil empire that it is and what the destruction of Black people, what it's doing, what's doing even worse now, do you think maybe she's funding some real revolutionary movement like Spook who sat by Yep, the that's right, folks. You are tuned in to Talk Fury. Uh, this is just a little break that I'm putting in, reminding folks that we are uh, sending um, more audio components to, uh, to Dr. Springler so that we can um, increase her audio in recording. I am editing and boosting Dr. Springler's decibels in pulse in post which is why it is uh 3 a.m well 258 a.m on monday morning and i'm uh getting that edited and getting dr springler's vocals up and um and then i'm off to a shift at the factory so i'm doing that instead of a morning wine cellar all right so uh yes this is indeed a talk fury and we are talking furiously and getting more audio equipment out to dr springler for better recording all right let's get back to it They're fine with Angela making these deep theoretical talks about prison abolition and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, they want her to say, "Okay, you know, Biden, you know, we got to, we got to turn the wagon." We have to, we have to, we got to, we got to save them. We got to, we got to. Black folks again have to, you know, now especially now that Congressman Jowles is gone, um, you know, we got to rush in and, and save, save us. We got to save the 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 the, the master house from. Burning down. Can't let it burn down now. Yeah. yeah. It's a joke. And meanwhile, Asada Secor, we can't even find out about what she's saying because I bet you she's got some real knowledge to spit over there in Cuba. But man, they, they make sure that that what she's talking about is not getting out, is not coming here. Yeah. And um, now, now, Phoenix Khalid, I know you're um, yes. now Angela Davis. Mm-hmm. Is indeed black. I, I've heard this before. I've heard that a time or two. Or and three. black and an elder. I've heard that too. 
We're supposed to respect our elders. That's what they say. Yeah. Why aren't you, Miss Ma'am? Um, if not voting for Biden is disrespecting my elders, my elders ain't shit. Uh, what? <laughs> See, and, and I'm there too, because, and I think, um, th this is way tangent, way out of there, but fucking, because my biological mother died early, and mm -hmm. I came up in the foster care system, like, not even, like, really adopted, like, I might be at this house right, for a couple right. months, one house right. mostly for most of the years, so I didn't get a whole lot of what is like traditional black shit or even just traditional American shit because I, I know from the age 10 forward, no one's raising me. I'm just growing up. So I didn't get right. this inherently respect your elder shit. I listen to you and you say some bullshit mm -hmm. and it's like, well, you, you should probably go fuck your whole entire self every crevice. Your whole entire self. A lot of lube. It's going to get to work. All right? So, yeah, I don't do that shit. You're like, so what I see is probably going to hit niggas' ears real bad, but I just see, uh, like, the successful version of a washed-up OG. You're still a washed-up OG. Right. But, yeah, but right. you're, you're not on the corner with a bottle of Mad Dog. You're over in the white people's corner with a bottle. What what do they got? The Chardonnay? Is that what it is? I right. Chardonnay that's is it. a good it's wine. Pink. It's pink. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's the pink one. It's the one right. that's on a shelf that I can't even reach. Right? Like, right. I, I can't even get the Skyjack and go up to the shelf to get that fucking bottle. I got my Corbell down here, nine ninety nine. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So whoever this Davis nigga is, fuck well, off. Well, you know, I think that part of that conversation too, we really do need to be serious about it. When you say shit like, you know, respect your elders, a lot of people just mean somebody who's old. Like, nigga, fucking Donald Trump is somebody's elder. Hmm. Are we supposed to fucking right. respect that piece of shit? Like, what the fuck? Like, fucking David Duke is elder. Do I need to respect some fucking clan nigga because he's right. old? Like, what the fuck? Like, and that's yeah. the thing is, like, those people have kids. They have grand... Like, Trump has grandkids. Like, are, are we supposed to tell Trump's grandkids don't disrespect your grandfather because he's an elder? Like, fuck that guy. You know, and it's the same thing even, you know, across the board. If somebody's talking bullshit, then you don't have... They're not old respect just because they're old. Right. Like, right. it should be because of what you do. It should be because of what you say. It should be because of knowledge you're passing down. But, you know, this fucking, like, we... It's it's just sad to see Angela Davis saying shit like we need to vote for Biden yeah, because of Trump because it sounds like you fucking scared. It sounds like you're scared. Because like Trump you is know so what? bad and so scary, so we have to do it. And it's like, yes, Trump is bad. Yes, Trump is scary, but what the fuck did a revolutionary how the fuck did you go from a revolutionary to being fucking scared? <laughs> and 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 again, I will challenge anyone to argue to look at Biden's record or look at Obama's record and, and say that Trump's record is um, is worse. As a matter of fact, I have it always on my computer screen just to be able to say, here's Biden's record. Let's 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 compare it um, with anything. You know, again, well, the first step at you can say Trump's done more for black people than certainly done more for him than Biden and probably more than definitely more for him Obama. And again, you know, we, I'd love to have this argument with anybody, not Trump supporter, because you got to say that, you know, you did. But, um, but, you know, the reality is what Trump has done is brought us a level of destabilization, um, where things are destable enough, where black folks should be, yeah, uh-huh, let's, 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 Malcolm X said, let's fan the flames, but they like, we got to get in this line, because Congressman Jowles, who just passed, by the way, y'all know Congressman Jowles is. 
um, you know, he, we got to get in line and put this in clear and Claiborne from South Carolina. All these, we got to put this fire out of the master's house. But um, no, it's real deep. But I want to say this one thing. You know, it's funny because somebody said like, you know, it used to be there used to be elders, and you know, and that was because young black kids, um, you know, I could turn on the TV and see somebody. Well, I missed it by like two years. But you know, young black kids in 1965, 1966, and seven, they could turn on the TV and see somebody, and and William in the in the foster homes too. You know, see someone, no matter how screwed up your situation was at home, turn on the TV and see somebody willing to die for you. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Stokely Carmichael willing to die for you. Last one, the last person that young black kids. In, in screwed up situations, and I'm trying not to curse, I'm trying because I got to get it together. That the last person willing to die for a black person was probably Tupac. I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is insane. And we got to start calling out these, these, these clowns. You know, these, these, somebody did tell me a respected friend of mine in journalism said, I got to watch it on this show. It's a great show, but you know, I got to, you know, kind of tone myself down. So, you know, so um, listen, probably right now. Anyway, Chelsea knows who it is. But um, yeah, so, I, you know, so the thing is, we have to start holding. We've got to start holding these leaders accountable is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're damn right. Notice I said that respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, even, um, you know what? Yeah, like you said, people that are that are going to die for you, like real activists getting mm-hmm. fucking real fucking screen time. Yeah. And even like yeah. for me coming up, even without that, I remember in the summer in 1994, <clears throat> on days when we had electricity in the house, I could wake up and turn on the radio and I could hear black programming. Obviously, you heard the year I said right. that means right. there was no 96 Telecommunications Act. And like mm. folks got to remember, like, I know lefties are feeling Tavis Smiley. Centrists think that he's never said anything about Trump. I don't know where that myth came from. But Tavis Smiley was like the news on BET Tonight, which BET, it was the same station that I could go on and see a show called Teen Summit where they would do a whole episode talking about the AIDS epidemic. Or even going Mm -hmm. into the late 90s where people are like, Oh, like Harris once said, it's the Ice Age. Everything is dead and cold in the Ice Age. But on BET, even like what they're they're struggling to make it through the Telecommunications Act, when TLC put out that record, No Scrubs, Mm. and then 40 Thieves put out that record, No Pigeons, they had a two-hour discussion with a gang of black teenagers about classism. So, like, we, I I do remember actually seeing real constructive shit. I challenge anyone who can afford cable <laughs> to go to BET right now and tell me if something constructive is on. And and it's so deep because and by the way, you probably noticed KRS One ran a, was raised in a group home himself. He raps about it um, out of here. You know, no, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, and that's why they had and Cornell West actually used to be on NPR and they fired him. For going after Obama. I mean, these people are coming after, and this is why I don't want to hear about, I'm tired of, I'm tired, excuse me, I'm tired of these African Americans, um, oh, you know, no. just just with, with the, with the um, nonstop about Donald Trump. 
Um, you know, these they they what it is is they want us to go back to sleep, and they are coming for us. Uh, they are looting our communities. And again, this is what it means to get rid of a, a Tavis, of Obama. On, on, on national public radio, which we pay for. I kind of wish Trump would defund it. Let the what let the liberals pay for it. It's it's their it's national bourgeois white bourgeoisie radio. Mm. What I like to do is I like the fact that Trump is getting these people to scream and yell. Now they, as Cornell West said after 9-11, now they understand what it feels like to be niggerized, not to be respected. And Trump mm. don't respect them. He don't respect their totems, their, their, you know, their brunch. So no, we we are in some revolutionary times, and I think that's what the crash the DNC is about. Using those uh, those revolution these times to like we got to we got to bring the system down. It's the only way we're gonna get free. And speaking of crash the DNC, you know, in case anyone is wondering what we do, um, every Sunday you can find our event page on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> It's, a, it's called Crash the Party, Crash the DNC. You'll see a meme of Biden there in the picture. Um, RSVP so you'll get updates. Uh, ooh, my camera's turning. Okay, you'll, you'll get updates. But for instance, today what we do is um, at 1 p.m., everybody at the same time um, floods the first Biden post that is on Biden's page. So that's the most recent top post on the top of his page. We all come comment and comment, trying to take over the comment hashtag for Crash DNC, you know, Never Biden, uh, Jim Crow Joe, uh, Creepy Uncle Joe, using all these common things. And we talk about whatever the issue on his post is. So for instance, today was about the pandemic response and Trump, and that's the thing, Biden has nothing that he can offer for himself. All he could do is that Trump has really dropped the ball on, Trump has really endangered our country, Trump has done this. But at some point, you don't have any solutions. All you say is Trump is an excuse, right? So we comment, and we're talking about the pandemic. That's a great example. Like, how would things be different? How would so-called, that's another thing that liberals like to say, and, and let's go along with it, is it's um, that voting for Biden or a Democrat is, would be, um, what's it called? Uh, harm reduction. That's a, that's a great black term. And so it's, how would it? How would having Biden in during this pandemic harm Would he maybe never opened up? Maybe he wouldn't have allowed some of the southern states to open up freely. How would that have really helped? Biden and Obama, like for the pharmaceutical companies and you know lining their pockets, they 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 gave us Obamacare that it was like the biggest handout of public funds to private pharmaceutical industry. Like, how would this, would, would, test, would, would test be really affordable to all Americans if Biden was president? Would uh, would Americans really be getting a big check from the government to, to make sure that we don't have to go back to work in dangerous conditions? Would any of that be happening? What would be different? How would it harm reduction? And why should we be playing ourselves selection about that? Well, I was thinking, uh, well, you know, I mean, snarky comment incoming. Uh, so at the age of 14, right? If you think about it, at the age of 14... Super predator age. A, uh, a, a, that's right, at word, super predator age. Word, word, a, uh, a young, word. A young black man was 14, right? Yes. And, um, and when he's 14, there's the first black president. So this young man, from an impoverished area, predominantly black area, graduates high school and gets accepted to a college... And then gets murdered by Darren Wilson. Mm. 
during the Obama administration mm-hmm. because voting Democrat and getting a black representation in saved his life and it reduced harm. We saw all that harm that was reduced in all those police murder videos. Oh, yeah. Really going through 2013. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, as soon as everyone had a camera. Um, reminds me of one of my favorite uh, Chicago shirts. It says, um, I support population control. I donate to Chicago police. Yes. Oh, Jesus. There's, it's a heavy-handed statement. Um, but speaking of politicians and Democrats being bullshit, y'all saw the Feinstein... Feinstein, however the fuck she says her name, Diane. Yes. Y'all saw yes. that shit, right? Where she's one, she's mm-hmm. introducing an amendment um, saying that we should withhold COVID funding from uh, states where governors are not requiring masks. Because if there's anything that Democrats that. should do, it should be punishing poor black people in the South because they live in red states run by assholes. Fuck them Negroes. And, like, and, and we, you know, and punishing poor white people too. Yep. You yeah. know, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's, 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 you know, this, and that is why Trump is well loved by, you know, by poor white people because he speaks to their rage and their frustrations. Yeah. You know, NAFTA destroyed their communities just as much as destroyed ours. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, we, 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 you know, we, we, we're, we in the busy, we in the, we in, we are in the business of, um, you know, put, not putting out the fires of, 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 in the big house. Um, no, it's deep. And this, and by the way, Feinstein, Senator Feinstein, I'm really rebranding myself here. Um, Senator <laughs> Feinstein, um, she also, her and some, some Republicans, um, they had a, a, a top secret briefing on the Corvette virus in April. And they found out about this, and they um, they they actually dumped all of their stock and uh, and then took telecommunications stock. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this, you know, this is what they do. There we are. Okay, a, wick, a wicked <laughs> feedback came in when the headphones went down. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. So that's what she did. So she actually pimped this thing, and the and see, this is what I'm saying. You cannot say that the Democrats are better. So here's a state senator. She's already rich. Or as Tupac said, been having money. She's been having money. And she dumps her stock. And But but insider trading is illegal. In, is legal. Is legal for the Senate. Why weren't we up in arms over this? Ron Cannibal, who was our mayor back yeah. in, uh, was, was it maybe 2012? Yeah. Something? when he, uh, Rahm Emanuel, closed the majority of the public health centers in Chicago. It's like that's Obama's right-hand man. That's the guy who did so much damage. He, that's the guy Obama the campaign for, second campaign, you know, his second, um, you know, uh, around as mayor. So it's a whole system of, of Democratic machine corruption and problems in urban areas especially that we're talking about. You know, and people, you know, I know I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but you know, with the all the protests last month and the riots, the worst police repression were happening was happening in the Democratic-controlled city. And, I mean, how, how do we talk about Trump, you know, disappearing people, but we can't talk about the massive police brutality and and the amount of felonies that people are incurring for just jumping up the protest? In Democratic cities, like that's not like that's not a fire that needs to be put out to people. Trump is a fire that needs to be put out. 
Yeah, it's funny and, and to me how so Look. many people. It's funny how so many people are like freaking out about Portland because they're disappearing people, but like really thought that uh, we were overreacting when we talked about Home and Square. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like. But all right. can we? I, I don't. I, I'm not. I can't bl- pull this up because my computer is kind of delicate. But Google, if you Google, part of the reason why Trump was able to suspend, um, uh, suspend Haiti's these rights was Obama. What yep. Obama did was, and again, if you just Google this. I just, I was, I was just gonna go like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, pull it up. But what Obama did was, in order to go after whistleblowers, he called them. He said that now we can indefinitely detain, de- indefinitely detain folks for terrorist activities. Under that is why what you're seeing in um, not just Portland but also uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so that is the specific, and again, please, please Google this. If someone comes back, tell, call me a liar, Google it. Um, but this is, this is Obama. And then all these liberals on Twitter was like, what was Obama thinking? Didn't he understand that this, in a fascist administration, they would be able to use this? Like as if, no, he did it for himself. That's how he went after Snowden and all these people. He did it himself. Yes. Um, now, me, I'm a heavy podcast listener. Well, I used to be. Um, a lot of programs are whack as fuck now because it's just the big orange man scary hour on, like, every fucking yeah. show that I used to love. But I remember that shit because, remember, like, folks, again, I'm not educated. I go into many situations severely ignorant and have to figure it out on the spot. But uh, fucking... Uh, I've been listening to Jimmy Dore's show like since like it was like its first like ten or twenty yeah, episodes. Yeah, love that. Yeah, and uh, I'm you know it used to only be a weekly show with no YouTube. It was just a weekly podcast, and it was actually mm-hmm. on like Pacifica Radio and shit. Like they did a clean version and a dirty version, and uh, Robert nice. Yasmer and all. Then I remember this was the first time that Jimmy Dore was so pissed off that he couldn't even make jokes anymore. He was just Word. yelling. He, he he repeatedly kept saying Jim. he suspended habeas corpus yes. during Word. the Obama administration. Word. Yeah, I remember that shit, man. I, I want to switch gears real hard here as we get toward a uh, close. And I'm not trying to rush you folks out, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old bloke, and I did not do the cat litter yet today. Don't tell Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> fucking ouch. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I've got chores to do and whatnot. But also something... Um, We've had several comments come through with folks uh, saying, hey, we like the new voices coming on your program. So, um, and I also figure with the two faces and voices coming on pretty often here, I'm not just going to keep saying Dr. Springler. I got to start saying uh, Chelsea Springler and Eric Hudson talk fury. And, um, Mm -hmm. And also what's interesting here is, we're really getting to know each other here at the same time. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah. like, we interact on the Facebook. That's that's leaving a comment and talking. Like, we're actually digitally face-to-face talking. So could we just know a little bit some bio? Like, who is Dr. Springler? Where is she from? Why is she like this? Who is Eric Hudson? Where is he from? Why is he like this? You two, go ahead. Kill this episode with that. Who are you? All right. Um. Well, uh, you guys know me as, uh, cheekily as Dr. Springler, as William has, uh, called me. I am, uh, 
from St. Louis originally. Um, my father is a musician, a jazz musician, and uh, an artist. So I grew up in that kind of environment, and uh, it kind of shaped me um, differently, I guess I'd say. So um, I came to Chicago uh, for me to go to art school, and I've been here ever since. So um, I will be moving soon. Um, to start my PhD program in New Orleans and at Syracuse University, so um, in sociology. So I kind of got out of arts and started doing a lot of activism uh, with uh, the Occupy Chicago movement back in 2011. It was kind of when I was in college, really got me uh, radicalized and awakened. I was uh, dragged out by my hair by some cops and uh, taken to jail for the night. Met a lot of people when I got out. I was really grateful for that experience and meet a lot of folks and radicalizing right quick. So, um, yeah, I've been doing organizing. I got involved with Fury um, after Occupy, kind of shot itself in the foot and died out. So, um, been wanting to do more organizing that is um, not just women centric, but also like a, a leftist, um, leftist organizing that also keeps identity politics in a, in a radical way rather than um, become co-optation of the Democratic Party is done where it's divorced it from um, class struggle and and the real experience everyday lives of oppressed people. So um, that's kind of what Fury's up to working on. We do self-defense programs. I'm really happy about that. So I'm a martial artist too. Um, and yeah, looking forward to doing more on-the-ground work. Like we've discussed in some past podcasts. I won't get into all that now. But um, yeah, I'm also really... Uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for um, the Wine Cellars uh, Diversity Department bringing me on as a minority voice here. So, you know, yeah. We love our diversity hires. <laughs> I'm, I'm Eric. Um, and uh, um, the first time I've, not like it's a big deal, but I've never talked. I mean, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a victim of miseducation in America. Um, a lot of that had to do with, I mean, I was, um, I was actually from Inglewood originally, um, moved to Roseland, uh, then moved to the um, um, uh, 78th, uh, 85th and Bennett on the east side, uh, then moved to um, um, 78th and Saginaw, um, then uh, 48th and Drex. I mean, I've lived um, probably about seven or eight neighborhoods um, throughout the South Side. Um, a lot of that really affected my education. Um, and so I kind of ended up in a lot of um, different special schools uh, that were supposed to help me, but were actually really, really violent. So unfortunately, um, you know, I, I fought a lot. Um, but it's deep. I also met some really cool people, including my best friend, um, Andre Hudson, who actually uh, was in a foster home himself. So he was kind of my big brother at one of these schools and he would back me up in my neighborhood too um, because I moved around so much. So he would actually come and back me up with like the, the um, you know, the, the older kids who would, you know, fuck with me. Um, and it was deep because, you know, as you know, brothers, a lot of these kids in the, these, these that are foster kids um, to make, you know, people will get them as foster kids to make ends meet. Um, and so he never had to, you know, when I was having problems on the block, he was always there. He was always, always there for me, taught me how to catch, 
Um, so, you know, this, this taught me about um, education and just how if you don't get the right education, you, you are fucked. And how it ain't no bootstraps for so many of these kids. These kids, there are no bootstraps. And, you know, I got some breaks. I Luckily, I ran into some elders. I mean, I moved a place that had some elders. They were activists. And that got me, got me on the right track. Um, and so I was very, very lucky to, I got a house now. And, um, you know, I was very lucky to, um, to get the type of education I got on the back end. I still had to teach myself how to read and write again. Um, which is why reading is so important to me. Um, but it taught me just a lot about how, you know, these these young black kids, they have nothing, absolutely nothing. And you just cannot blame them. And you have to blame us. We are responsible for the dead black bodies shot by the, the kids on the ground. We are also responsible for the fact that these young kids are shooting each other that this is all of our faults um for not doing anything so that's that's about it on me see there we are and you know and just uh, bouncing right back to uh, dr springler again so you can't you can't be around the wine cellar too much and not do some comedy because like that diversity department line is going to stick out in my head like i'm gonna be thinking about that shit at work like the wine cellar diversity department can we afford that can we open up <laughs> We can have a diversity department. Uh, yeah. So and and, uh, and shout out to uh, Phoebe Loco uh, on the Patreon who uh, left that very strong comment that still resonates and is the reason why we immediately jumped right back on the idea of making a tiered system on um, episodes and early releases and whatnot. Yeah. Nope. Nah. It, the the wine cellar media fund is a tax that someone can pay. So that everyone can drive on this fucking road. Yes. Right? And now yes. I was thinking, here's an idea I want to pitch to the Patreon subscribers, is um, fake tiers, right? So I set up the tiered system, but still post, still post everything publicly. But then the tiered system will be names like this. You're at the bottom, you're working class, and you got a Snickers bar and paid a tax. <laughs> you make a little more money. You, you're paying a slightly higher tax, and you're also getting the exact same service. You're paying this much. <laughs> you're probably fucking rich, but guess what? You're getting the exact same fucking service for paying the tax. Think about making, like, fake funny tiers like that where, yeah, no matter what you're paying in based off what you can afford to pay in, you're still getting the exact same wine cellar like as that. the person who has nothing. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, Talk Fury, these motherfuckers right here, the wine cellar continues on. It's since 2012. Oh, and um, and uh, back to uh, uh, what's this? John Jones, who said, "Yeah, y'all got white people on here now." I repeat again, Frick Face, the homie Frick Face. If you listen to old wine cellar with those old clips, you know uh, that was Frick Face. That was my little homie of predominantly German descent, and it's always been like that. And now Frick Face is actually uh, married and an activist going to climate marches. Again, when I met Frick Face, she was a conservative Republican evangelical Christian. When I left Florida, she was voting Sanders and going to climate marches. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, 
I bring white kids on the wine cellar to radicalize them. <laughs> Dr. Springler's already radicalized, so I don't know what's going to happen after this. If you're a pig, watch out. That's not a threat. Because <laughs> I'm actually talking about farm animals. <laughs> Dr. Springler does not like bacon. That's what I'm saying. She's Muslim. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very, you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> a little cap on. Yeah. I know it. The first when the first time she came on, she had a kufi. It was it's a fact. It's facts. Yeah, it's archive. No, she, she she's like a beat a selling bean pies on Ninety Fifth Street on the on the exit, Muslim. <laughs> selling like bean Ice Cube pies. said, and I might have to start selling bean pies. All right, and folks know how I like to close episodes. When you have a hot line, you don't waste it. So what up, Phoenix? Oh, I just before we close out, I'm still waiting for this rap battle between the two of you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's gonna end quickly. That's gonna that's gonna be a special. That's got to be a special edition. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got to give him time to catch up, you know, because he kind of, you know, he's more these backpacks, you know. Oh. It's like my atmosphere. And I, no disrespect, you know, Sage Francis. He got the sage. No disrespect, you know. I ain't trying to. Woo. You know, I'm not trying to disrespect. <laughs> right, folks. So if you want more backpack rap and white women selling bean pies, there's uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. Uh, there's always the tip jars with uh, paypal.me slash phoenix and william. The Venmo is at wine cellar meteor. And Phoenix Kaliter has the cash app dollar sign phoenix Kaliter. And uh, let's keep the shit popping and moving. This was constructive, this was funky and fresh. Mm. All right, y'all too, please be as safe as possible wherever you are. All right, and I'm going to kill this live by Facebook and Bye, Facebook. podcast audio. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.